Welcome to KJV Cafe, where we explore great truths from God's holy word in a simple, down-to-earth fashion. Romans 10:17 shows us where faith comes from. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let's grow our faith together in the cafe today. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. Grab your Bible and a hot cup of coffee or tea and join us now as we explore God's holy word. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the cafe. Great to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here as we dive into God's word. Pastor Clark Covington, I'm just, man, I'm thrilled here today because we're getting in God's word. And honestly, I've been itching to get back into preaching his word uh, after a weekend, uh, well, of course, preached on Sunday uh, a couple times, but yesterday and Tuesday had not. Here we are today. I'm so excited to be here because today, hey, we're talking about something everybody loves to talk about, and that's wealth. Deuteronomy 8.18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth the, thee the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Deuteronomy 8.18, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. And so we have a lot of modern application to this verse, but of course, I never want to take a verse out of context. So let's look at this. Deuteronomy, where is that in the Bible? That's towards the beginning. Amen. It's part of the books that Moses wrote. And Moses uh, in Deuteronomy 5 is giving the ten, God through Moses is giving the Ten Commandments. Amen. And then in Deut- Deuteronomy 6, we have many more important commandments. Uh, like the Lord is one God, loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and might. And how about teaching your children all these commandments as they wake up and as they uh, go about their day and at night? All of these are commandments we are to live by. You know, and the best Bible-believing Christian preaching I've ever been under are people that live this stuff. You know, they're not saying, well, I'm, I'm saved and I'm good, so I don't need to focus on this. They're, they're living this. They're not, you know, they're understanding that, that God doesn't change. The Bible says there's no variableness or turning with God. There's no shadow of turning. He doesn't change. He's the same God then that he is now. And if it's important to him then, then it's important to him now. Uh, again, we are not the Israelites. We're not under the law. We can't keep the law. Even if we were, I'm not trying to put anyone under the law, but I am trying to teach a very important principle that God commanded the Israelites to live like this for their benefit. Remember our text verse, remember God, it's him that gives the power to get wealth. And where was he sending the Israelites in Deuteronomy? As Moses was about to come off the scene and Joshua was going to take over, where is he going to send them? He's going to send them into Canaan land, the promised land, the land of milk and honey. And the Lord is is warning them, saying, look, you know, when you get there, don't forget about me. You know, think about this. I mentioned this in the last episode. What do we do often? When we're in comfort and ease, we forget about God. And guess what? When you forget about God or you're not focused on God, you don't fear him. And when you don't fear him, you don't serve him. And so God's Tell, reiterating this through Deuteronomy, uh, like chapter six and seven and eight, saying, fear him, serve him, keep his commands. He's telling the Israelites, you need to cast out all the enemies, all of these people, get them out. Amen. Don't keep a one of them in there. 
Don't be unequally yoked. Don't have you being the light. Don't have fellowship with darkness. This was taught for their preservation. And so one lesson we learned from Deuteronomy 8.18 is we need to remember God for our own good. And I think I could preach on this for a whole year and not run out of preaching on this because the Lord has laid it on my heart for a long, long time. Many years ago, when I was living in South Carolina, a politician got in big trouble. He got on TV and he said, you know, the Bible is really there to help us, to protect us. And he's crying and yada, yada, yada. And I won't get into all the details. Uh, he had done something very bad. He had violated one of the commandments. But what he spoke was very true. And, and, and he spoke it in a way that I thought was very sincere. And it's like, you know, the Bible's here to protect you. Duh. Like, this is here for your, your good. Amen. You know, people think they're doing God a wild favor if they read a, a page in the Bible. And God's saying, how much more do I want to give you if you would just keep reading? How much more do I want to give you if you would study this like your textbook at school or your work guide at work or your river rafting guide on the weekend, whatever it is, if you would just study this like you care, if you in fact care enough to understand who I am, then you would realize I'm the provider of wealth. I do it all the time at church or we have our little Bible study at home for our kids, which we call Proverbs. And I'll hold up the Bible all the time. And I'll say, look, if you look at this Bible as just a book that you don't want to deal with, that's, that's going to hurt you. And if you realize that it is purer than gold, that it is treasure, unspeakable, that it is the greatest uh, book ever to be written, it is, and that's even just, that's not even giving enough credit, that it is the actual word of God. Amen. I'm talking about the King James Bible. No, you know, no, no uh, translation is perfect. I understand that translators and so forth, but I've seen more fruit from the King James than any of these other ones. Amen. And I'm, I'm just saying that. Uh, that the King James, we're, we're, hey, we're KJV Cafe, so I guess you know where I stand on it, but there's fruit from this word, and the kids can understand it. I've seen them understand it. And as they realize it, who's blessed? I mean, think about it. God's perfect. We are blessed. Now, he desires for us to praise him. The Bible says he inhabits our praise. So it is good to get close to him for him. I guess it could make him happy. Like a father sees his son doing good. You're proud. But at the end of the day, I mean, God doesn't need us. We need him. And he's given us his word. And how many people won't ever dive in it? And he's saying, look, there's all of this in here. I have the power to give you wealth. Amen. But that is one of the great poetic truths of the Bible is that you won't be motivated um, in that regard. You have to have an earnest, uh, God-fearing desire to understand him and who he is. And then a byproduct of that is the great wealth you receive from God. And that, and you're saying, oh, here's a prosperity preacher. I'm talking about wealth as in peace. I'm talking about a peace the world doesn't even know, amen? I'm talking about peace and joy and satisfaction that has nothing to do with the material riches that will rot and fade away. The richest person on this earth, what are they going to do when they die? They can't take any of it with them. Oh, they're going to leave it for their kids to mess their kids up so that kids can fight over it and have all kinds of problems. Amen. I met a man once that really didn't make much at all. And he was so joyful in God and he didn't have much of an income or anything like that, but he was so joyful in God and it reminded me that God, amen, is sovereign and he provides wealth and his wealth can go way beyond what we could even imagine. 
And I, I could go on a tangent on there. I could chase a rabbit, but I won't uh, for time's sake. So we're taught this for our preservation. The Lord had a plan for the Israelites. They're about to go into the promised land. He wants to keep them there. He's going to give them victory over seven different people groups that occupy the land. And they were the minority. Remember, this is Deuteronomy 7. And he's telling them, don't be afraid. Remember what I did in Egypt. I'll do it again. Amen. Don't be discouraged because again, you can remember who I am and we can do that here today. We can remember what God's done yesterday and we can see that today he will be here and that tomorrow he'll be here. We can go to the word and know that he'll never forsake us. Amen. If we've been saved, we've been bought by the blood of Christ. We will never leave his sight. We will never leave his sight. And I know that God sees everything. He's omnipresent, but the Bible specifically tells me that God hears the prayers of the righteous that God's eyes are on the righteous. Uh, if the Israelites would just keep his commandments and believe and fear in him, God would bless. There'd be no sickness, no barrenness, no hunger, no enemies to conquer or take them away. Doesn't that sound good? And Deuteronomy 8 goes into how they've been hungry and humbled in the wilderness. They've proved uh, by what God had done over those 40 years. They've been proved by God, I should say. And they're, they're ready now. And what's going to happen? You know, God speaks of disciplining them as a father that loves his children. You know, I, I am difficult and hard on all the kids uh, because I love them and I, I fear for them. And if I'm not hard on them, they'll get hurt. You know, if you have a little child and you don't make them understand that if they were visiting a friend's house and there was a pool there and that deep end is something they don't want to fall in, they're, they could drown, amen. It's my job to scare, scare them enough to understand that that is dangerous for them, for them. Uh, and where God was taking the Israelites was to a, a good land full of the best things, figs, olives, pomegranates, honey, no scarcity. And yet where God wants to take us is even better, amen. And we're, the Israelites are dealing with these earthly things and we're dealing with heavenly things, right? God's saying, I'm going to give you the, give the Israelites this promised land on earth. And God is telling us, that we believe on Jesus Christ. We have heavenly uh, place. We have a heavenly place. Uh, we are saved, amen. We are saved by the blood of Christ, and we have. Uh, we will spend an eternity with him. It's God that tests. It's God that rewards or punishes. And it's God that you must stay near to experience his greatest blessings in life. And this all goes back to our text verse, understanding that we have to keep him in memory, we have to be close to God. We have to fear him and realize he has the power. Amen. He has the power. You know, you're at work and you may not love your boss, but if your boss is the one signing that check, amen, if your boss is the one that has the power to hire or fire you, you show that boss respect. You try to abide by the boss's rules on and on. It's just common sense as like preservation, you know, it's the same idea. God, our father, is over all things and sovereign over all things. So why would we be like disobedient children and turn from him, especially since he wants to give us something so good? But God will test us to build character in low times. When was the Israelites test in this context? It was in the wilderness. What happened there? Many turned away from God, did they not? What did they do? They were being fed from heaven and they complained they didn't have the type of food they wanted, right? And God was furious because he had just delivered them from bondage, and they wanted to go back to that bondage. And here we have Christians saved by the blood of Christ, delivered from sin, and then you go back and live in sin? 
I mean, how must that grieve the father? He wants so much more for you, but you decide to go back. That wouldn't be good. And that's not a good witness for him. What's happening in our lives today that God could be testing us through. Maybe we're going through a difficult time. Maybe we're being tested in something that we thought was God's will. Oftentimes that's where he'll test us. Amen. And what we need to do is hold fast and pray and seek God. What is the godly response to testing? What did God desire of the Israelites in the wilderness? To repent, repent earnestly, seek understanding of how you sinned against God, and then turn from that sin. If they had done that, instead of asking for food and, you know, you read a passage about quail and some people will sing songs about God giving them quail, read that passage he wipes out many of these ungrateful Israelites. He literally stuffs them until it's coming out of their nostrils because he's so disgusted with their ungratefulness and with their lack of trust in him. When we are tested, we need to realize that God is trying to teach us something. We need to seek understanding. The idea of repentance isn't saying, God, I'm sorry, and then going and doing it again. I'm sorry because I'm now inconvenienced. The idea of repentance is I identify with that sin. I ask God to help point it out in my life. I repent of it, and then I don't go back to it. I share God's opinion on it, that it is awful and a reproach, and I want nothing to do with it. That's repentance. And maybe we're just being uh, tested. We haven't done anything wrong. You know, Job hadn't done anything wrong, and he was tested, amen? But we need to hold fast to God and have faith and fear God. And I wish for time's sake I could go on, but I can't. And so I want you to think here today, who is the true provider of wealth? And what does he desire of you today? Do that. Turn to him. Get into his word. Understand he has a great plan for you. And he will bless you as you seek him because he has the power to do so. He has all power. Amen. And that will truly change your life if you listen to these words. I thank you for listening. Tune in next time as we get deeper into this message. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of KJV Cafe. Have a question for Pastor Clark? Email him directly at clark at enduringpromise.org or visit kjvcafe.com and click the envelope button on the homepage. Our program is hosted by Pastor Clark Covington and brought to you by Heartland Ministries. We'll close today with Psalm 119 verses 166 through 168. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee.